Hey folks, my name is Jeff Desiato and you're listening to the Real Person Real Needs podcast. I'm so glad you've tuned in. If you listen to the official introduction, you might know a little bit about me. Over the course of the next few minutes, you're going to get to know a lot more about me. I'm so glad you've tuned in. I encourage you to subscribe on iTunes to the podcast, bookmark, uh, you know, whatever you need to do to stay up to date with us. Uh, hopefully, we'll be doing something weekly. Um, but first off, I wanted to just explain what the purpose is behind this podcast. And it's really just to be authentic, to be real, to talk about business, to talk about whatever, culture, society, whatever we come across, anything that's interesting in the news, uh, anything that's related to business and, and being motivated to get out there and make a difference within your community. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, this is the first official episode, the first live quote-unquote episode. And uh, in the introduction, I kind of talked about how I came to this revelation about how I wanted to handle my business a lot differently than most uh, real estate agents. That The particular industry I work in is real estate, but I don't like to harp on that too much. Uh, there's a number of things that I really like to do uh, in my spare time. And also, you know, I like to fund those activities through my real estate business. Uh, I'm very committed to the communities that I'm a part of and uh, would love to you know, find like-minded individuals who feel the same way. So stick around for the next few minutes. Um, I have been in radio. Uh, it's one of my many jobs that I've had over the years. I've bounced around for quite a while, uh, but I did go to Connecticut, Connecticut School of Broadcasting um, and uh, did a, a radio program for the church that I grew up with uh, for a number of years. Uh, I then went on to do a, a seven-year run of an original radio program on a station out of South Jersey, and uh, that was all something that I did without getting paid, just for the love of radio. And I figured I did not want to abandon that experience. I didn't want to abandon the opportunity uh, that I had to learn this this trade, and uh, how can I incorporate that into my business? And that's what we're doing here with the Real Person, Real Needs podcast um, just to, so you know a little bit about me, I've gone through a number of different jobs over the years, um, and it, and it was just a few uh, <clears throat> a few months ago, really. I mean, I'm in my second year now uh, that I decided to make an announcement that would make the utilization of the pretzel bun look like the worst idea in the history of burger construction. You know, but I, before I get into that, I just want to give you a glimpse of of who I am, what my work experience is, so that you know why I decided to to give up all the, the comfort of a regular job and to, to pursue uh, self-employment essentially. Uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't really making a lot of money anyway, so that wasn't a deterrent, but um, basically why I walked away from a steady paycheck and went nuts by, uh, by jumping off the cliff without a bungee cord essentially. So hopefully you'll be able to relate to me and my story. Uh, once we finished uh, this episode, you'll come back and want to hear more. So uh, I know that, for me personally, as as many of you have, you know, I did not graduate college. Uh, I didn't go to college, but uh, I've been working full time ever since I graduated from high school. So I studied hard. I, I did well. Um, I, I got by as much as I could. I had great grades. I kind of maybe was lazier than I needed to be, but I was able to to get through school with relative ease. Uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I just felt like that was something that I was able to do was to retain information just long enough to pass the test. Um, and I didn't really have a desire to go to college at all. I really, there wasn't a, a direction of my life that, uh, was clear enough for me to commit another four years to schooling and financial, 
resources to it. So thankfully, my parents were okay with that. They did not make me or force me to go to college. Um, you'll understand a little bit more of my thoughts and feelings about that as we go on. But um, I really uh, give a credit to my mother. She understood that it was important for me to be a, a good man, not necessarily a good employee, <laughs> you know, uh, that I, she would rather me emulate some of the, <clears throat> the honorable fellows out there rather than just be another uh, peon for somebody else. So it was more important for, for her that I have integrity and that I do something that I cared deeply about. And I really am uh, thankful for that. You know, I didn't want to re- waste the rest of my life uh, on a career that I didn't really care much about at the age of 17 years old, making that decision. It just didn't seem wise. So um, <laughs> between now and then, I, I've held a number of jobs uh, and I've always been able to kind of excel in whatever field it would be as much as I could before I hit the ceiling of, hey, you don't have a college degree, you know, <laughs> you can't go any further in this business, which is usually what we encounter uh, for those of us that do not have a degree. But after I graduated, I was like, as I mentioned, I was given the opportunity to work on a radio program produced by my home church it was the sermons that they, you know, the Sunday sermons, Wednesday sermons, and it would be produced on the ro- local radio station. And from that point on, I fell in love with the medium of radio, uh, especially getting behind the microphone and just talking. I didn't have the option to do that with the radio program, but that is really where I felt comfortable and decided to pursue radio uh, as a career uh, by attending Connecticut School of Broadcasting shortly after that and really trying to make a go of it. Uh, the only concern that I really had was that I was you know, dating uh, a girl who is now my wife, praise God. And, uh, I was, uh, fortunate enough to have her help me apply and finance my tuition to go to broadcasting school. But as you may know, the, the radio industry is cutthroat and you have to basically work for free for two years before you can even get a job in radio. Um, and when you are looking to get married and, and start a family, that doesn't seem like a really feasible option. So, um, I went through that and, uh, you know, I, I had the experience, which actually ultimately led to me being able to produce my own original radio show with, along with a friend of mine that we did for seven years. It's called The Altar Life, and um, that was an, a great experience, and I'm so glad to be back behind the mic because I really felt like that was where I needed to be. And and this podcast, for I don't know why I drug my feet for so long in, in producing my own content um, in this format, you know, with the resources as they are. In this world, anybody can do anything. You can publish your own book. You know, you don't have to go banging on doors and begging and pleading. You know, in the podcast world, you can create a radio program and just put it online for everybody to hear. I mean, it's just amazing. And I really needed the kick in the pants to get me to do this. And I just credit, uh, there's a guy by the name of Ryan Fletcher and uh, his company, Agent Marketing Syndicate. He has a podcast that I came across and, uh, it's called Agent Marketing Syndicate. You can check it out. I highly recommend it. There's some uh, salty language in it, but uh, his idea and his message just really hit me right where I needed, right when I needed something to be a kick in the pants to to get over that hump, you know, that final hump of of fear or or trepidation or whatever you want to call it. But you know, getting back to my story, as I was deciding to to launch into a career in broadcasting. Um, I really needed a full-time job, and I had the opportunity to go back to my church and work there full-time. But uh, I did that for two years and kind of lost sight of my goals. You know, as you get married and, and you start to to live the dream, essentially, you kind of forget about the the big, big dreams um, that are really 
hard to reach. And you kind of put those, you, you see them as unreasonable or, or impossible. And you put those, uh, on the back burner, unfortunately. But, um, here I was now, uh, in need of a job the the church thing didn't work out. And that's a, that's a whole other story. And, and I am uh, solely to blame for that. But here I was with no college degree, no money, no time invested, uh, or, you know, that, or I, I should say I had money and time invested in an industry that was next to impossible to break into. And I needed a job desperately. So took the first job I could find, which was just working in a bank. And uh, I stayed in the banking industry for four years. And I was basically self-funding and producing this other radio program with a friend. And as I said before, I wasn't getting paid at all. Uh, but it was during this time that I was, I kind of, as I had mentioned, lulled to sleep and lost sight of the dream, the big dreams of, of really going and doing things that, that make a difference in the lives of, of those around me and hopefully beyond just my direct sphere, uh, just reaching as far as I can. But, you know, I don't want this to come off as like a pity party because I've had, was having a great life up to this point. You know, I hadn't really thought about these things, um, because I was being, uh, I was you know, privileging from having a great opportunity of marrying my best friend, loving her, having two boys now. Um, but there was this part of me that was really unhappy with the other life choices that I had made. You know, I, the fact that I didn't go to college started to really weigh heavily on me because I felt like I wasn't able to provide for my family the way I could have been if I hadn't been selfish as I, I kind of mistakenly placed the blame on myself as though I had made a really big mistake. Um, now don't get me wrong. I have made huge mistakes both privately and professionally in my life. And I do feel the effects of that even today, but I, I really believe that I would have to live in the shadow of those failures and those mistakes that I had made for the rest of my life and just eke out any living that I could find for a non-college graduate. Um, so I basically found any job that I could that paid the most. Once I maxed out there, I would try to find another job that would take me without a college degree. Um, and as I bounced around from the banking industry to the pharmaceutical industry, I basically was told over and over again that I should probably consider going back to school. And I just felt like that would have been a waste of time and money because I, the jobs that I had were not anything that I was passionate about. It wasn't anything that I, I had dreamed of pursuing as a child or even as a teenager. And I just could not let go of you know, the idea that I wanted to do something that had major impact. I just couldn't see myself in a cubicle for the rest of my life. I just, I, I felt like a caged animal in a sense. And, um, I don't get me wrong. I did work hard and I, I did well. And people were often shocked when I would say that I, I didn't feel committed long-term to any job that I had because they're like, but you do it well. And I'm like, but that doesn't matter. That's not the satisfaction that I'm looking for. I'm looking to have a major impact and, and, and find my real purpose on this earth. Well, as long as I'm here, you know? Sorry, I'm just having a little sip of coffee here. And uh, so, you know, we you flash forward a little bit. I had been in the pharmaceutical industry for three and a half years, uh, was constantly uh, taking more and more responsibilities, watching people who had college degrees come in and get hired at a higher rate than I was, and then being asked to train these people and them being, you know, most of them were, were very, very difficult to train. They just weren't able to pick up what I thought were very simple concepts. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, being told that I wasn't qualified to go any further in my department because I didn't have the academic credentials, which is essentially a piece of paper that says that I spent $30,000 to party for four years. You know, I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. But um, I, I faced this at every job that I went to and I started to really get bitter, to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, this <laughs> I'll just say now this podcast, it'll 
as it goes on, it'll probably become just the confessional booth for me. And for anybody who's listening out there, you know, I encourage you to write a review or, or leave a comment. Um, if you'd like to know more about some of the things that I mentioned on here, we could talk about it. Um, or if you can relate to some of the things I'm talking about, I encourage you to leave a comment um, to spread the word about the podcast. But anyway, as I saw this, you know, my dreams really slipping away. I was approaching my 30th birthday and I just was miserable. I mean, uh, I had so much going for me in my life. I mean, as part from my job slash career, whatever you want to call it, uh, I had a beautiful family. You know, I had, you know, God had really just provided a great opportunities for me to do really meaningful things. And I was very thankful for that. But when you're spending the majority of your waking hours at a place that you just can't stand and you're spending time doing work that you care nothing about, it really starts to take a toll, especially when you don't see any, any way out of it. I mean, you don't, for me, if you can, if you can imagine, and I'm sure there are plenty of people out there that feel the same way. I, I felt, again, I didn't have a direction per se. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. It wasn't like I had this dream that was clear cut and I was working toward it. Like so many people pay their dues and they get there eventually. I felt uh, rudderless essentially. And it was so frustrating and it, 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 the, the longer I dwelt on it and, you know, sitting in a cubicle for eight, nine hours a day, it gives you a lot of time to think. And I really, I spiraled out of control mentally, I would say, and, and probably had a pre midlife crisis. Um, you know, that's the only way I could describe it. I would wake up every morning before I even put my feet on the ground uh, that I was going to have to bust my butt, but it didn't matter because <laughs> it didn't matter that I had the experience. It didn't matter that I demonstrated the, the qualities necessary to perform the job that I had. Basically, I would wake up and know that I would never advance beyond that because the only thing that matters in corporate America is whether you have a paper as proof that you continued your adolescence into your adult years on your parents or the government's dime. I mean, it's it's crazy. I would meet these kids. They would come in off the street, essentially, working for, you know, going to college. It was, they had never worked a full day in their life. And they're coming in here, they're driving daddy's car, and they would slack off. They would never be in their cube when you go to look for them. Meanwhile, they're making as I am. And it, it frustrated me to no end. And, you know, you can tell I'm still bitter about it. I really try to give it up to God and just move on. Uh, but please don't, you know, I don't want people to misunderstand me because there are tons of people that they live their life. They know what they want to do. They desire to have a career that really in our society can only be achieved by continuing your education. And that's great. All, I'm so for that. If you know what you want to do and, and you need a college education to get it done, then go. You know, God bless you. More power to you. Uh, for instance, my wife, I mean, she wanted to be a teacher from the time that she was eight years old and she went to college, got a degree, became a teacher. I mean, I wish I had that type of practical uh, ability and and simple mindedness, I should say. Uh, you know, that, that word sounds weird. I don't mean it as though she's simple, um, but just singular focus, I should say. That's probably a better way to say it. But uh, for me, you know, I'm, a, I'm an artist. I, I, I sing, I act, I do things. I'm a creative person. And the stereotype with creative people is that we're, our heads are always in the clouds. You know, we're always dreaming big, but we don't have our feet on the ground. And I kind of felt that way. Um, I felt like I had cement shoes on. You know, I couldn't even imagine pursuing anything that I dreamed about because I just ha didn't know. I didn't know how to make that come true. Um, 
but you know, when I'm talking about people who go to college and jobs and things like that, I'm talking more about where the job itself is so mundane and the tasks are so menial that why would you require a college degree? It's because they, they, the companies want to have a sense of prestige. So they say, oh, well, this job needs a, a bachelor's in this or that. And you're like, I, seriously, like I walked in there and figured the job out in a few days. How could you need a college degree for that? And I excelled uh, in what I was doing. Um, but, you know, not to get off on whole political thing, but it, it's really <laughs> it's being generous to say that you need a high school diploma for some of the work that I was doing, um, let alone a college degree. But because because the government subsidizes the education system, you know, we're always going to be oversaturated with people who have degrees because it's like, hey, might as well get a degree. That's what everybody thinks you're supposed to do. But they don't realize that that actually dilutes the prestige and potency of having a degree in the first place. Right. I mean, if everybody has a degree, then no one is better. No one is higher. Nobody is more willing or more uh, deserving of a job. So what do you have to do? Oh, you have to fork out more money and you need to get the next highest degree. It used to be an associate's degree was impressive. No, now it's a bachelor's degree or no, now it's your master's. No, now you have to go get your doctorate in order to excel or to set yourself above the rest of the world. And it just doesn't seem practical. It seems ridiculous. And now we see that the, the student loan bubble is just so astronomical and, and no one will – what's going to end up happening is the government's going to absorb it all and everybody's going to get off of doing and, and repaying all their debt. And that's the generation that's going to be leading our country in the next few uh, decades. You know, That's kind of scary to think that they racked up debt. They, they put themselves out there. They, they, they mooched essentially off our tax dollars. And then they were forgiven that debt. And so what is that going to teach them? Uh, and what are they going to end up leaving to the next generation if, if they got off scot-free? You know, and uh, I digress. I, you know, I, I get really passionate about these things. But and, you're, and you got to realize that you're we're asking 17-year-old kids who have their hand held into their 20s anymore. I mean, you look back at, at our founding fathers and stuff. They're like ambassadors at the age of 14. I mean, that's just scary to think about. But um, – you know, these 17-year-olds, 18-year-olds were saying, okay, now decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. Uh, and you need to decide now, and we're going to spend $40,000 on that decision that you make, and you better make good on it. You know, it just seems a little crazy. Uh, it seems a little backwards, especially when we we don't allow our kids to grow up. We don't require them or hold them accountable this whole time when they're in their teens and stuff, parents are just catering to their kids. And then all of a sudden we put the biggest decision of their life right in their lap and they have to be responsible for four years to make good on that. It just seems really strange to me. Um, you know, but people, they end up feeling in the dark and how many times people get jobs after they get a degree, it has nothing to do with their degree, right? I mean, that's, that's the norm. That's not the exception anymore. That's the rule is that you have a degree but the job that you have and the career you're pursuing has nothing to do with that degree because you decided on your major uh, on a college tour when you were 17 because everybody else was picking something or because everybody else said it was pretty good. I don't know. So I started this episode, forgive me, uh, talking about this, you know, making the announcement of how I decided to leave my steady paycheck. You know, When I was 30 years old and having this pre-midlife crisis, my wife – was so faithful. You know, she, she stayed home with our kids for five years. She left her teaching job, became a stay at home mom and just worked so hard to per, to provide a, a nice place for our family to raise our children. They're so smart. And I credit my wife so much for that. You know, um, 
it's so much harder to be a stay at home mom uh, because that's a 24 seven job. You're teaching constantly. I mean, she teaches now and it's a hard job. Don't get me wrong, but she can walk away and those kids go home. But once she comes home, she's a teacher again. You know, we're teaching how to tie shoes. We're teaching how to not spill their juice all over the carpet. We're teaching constantly, teaching them to use their inside voices, teaching them, you know, how, how we have to be disciplined with our piano lessons, etc. You know, and, and for me at this point, I've been praying and praying for some sort of direction in my life. I just had no direction whatsoever. And, you know, I wanted a sign from heaven to be like, what am I supposed to do? I, I, I can't go on like this. So for me, it was, God, I need a higher paying job so I can actually provide for my family. That was that was my big driving thing. Every time someone would ask me, uh, you know, what is what do you what do you where do you see yourself in five years? My answer would be in whatever job will help me provide for my family better than I do right now, because it's not cutting it. You know, this whole time my wife is a stay at home mom. She's also nannying 20 hours a week at home with our kids. So not only did she have our two kids to raise, she's raising somebody else's rugrats, you know, I say that not to insult them, but it's just the idea, just kids everywhere all the time. And, you know, meanwhile, I'm coming home miserable and venting about how much I hate my job. Like what a terrible existence she must have been going through and probably still does. I mean, she's married to me for for crying out loud. But, you know, it was really becoming a dark time for us. But the light began to glimmer. The, the you know, the, the, uh, the smoke from the wick that as it was about to go out began to be uh fan back to flame. And I didn't realize that my answer to prayer was going to be that my wife was going to get the itch to go back to teaching. We took our son uh, for a tour of school when we were going to be putting him into school. We had made a commitment to send him to a uh, Christian school, a financial commitment that we were going to forgo certain things so that we could do that. And uh, we went for the tour and my wife teared up the moment she set foot in that school. She she couldn't control herself. That It just reminded her of what she was put on this earth to do, which is to teach. And, you know, I was like, I was all for it. You know, I, I would never want to hold her back from achieving her dream, especially being someone who was suffering to find and struggling to find what I was supposed to do. So, you know, that was uh, kindergarten for my oldest son. And, uh, it was about a year later that she decided to go back to teaching. And, and sure enough, they had a position in the preschool for her and uh, she was back full time, which opened a door for me because up till this point, I hadn't had the opportunity to really consider a career change because of the risk involved and the, you know, the fear of what if it doesn't work out? What if I fail? Um, but having my wife back to work really put a fire in me to, to, to see this as an opportunity to find out what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life. Um, I really didn't know, but I knew it had to be something different than what I was doing. So thankfully I just so happened to come across two different books that I read and they really, I would say they changed my life. They gave me a fresh perspective. Uh, you know, the two books and, you know, I'll talk about them in another podcast sometime, but they were just do something by Kevin DeYoung. He's a pastor. Uh, but the, the principles of this book, I believe um, they apply to anybody, whether you're a person of faith or not, because essentially it's demystifying uh, you know, the, our, the decisions in our life, despiritualizing, if I say that. I don't mean to say that in a derogatory way, but you know, sometimes Christians, uh, we can 
make ourselves, you know, every decision is crippling. And I was stuck there. If I make this decision and it's wrong, I am stuck with the ramifications of that the rest of my life. And we really put a burden on ourselves about what we're supposed to be doing with our life because we want to we want to do what is pleasing to God. We want to follow what we believe is his will for our life, etc. And I'm not trying to be preachy here. That's not the intent here, but I'm just saying this book really breaks it down and gets down to a practical level. It's like if it seems like a good thing to do and it makes sense and it's fair and it's not going to you know, fame anybody, you can do it with integrity and authenticity, then just do it. God is pleased when people are working and doing their best, regardless of what they are doing, what the job is called. If you're, if you're giving it your all and you're doing something with a heart that is pure and right, and that's really all that matters. And you're providing for your family first and foremost, which is our responsibility. Who cares what it is, you know, and it really freed me up to be like, okay, Whatever I decide to do, even if this next move that I make isn't the final one, maybe it's just the springboard to what I'm going to do next, it's okay to make that decision. Another book that I read, another one that I highly recommend, is called Wild Goose Chase by Mark Batterson. Another, you know, it is another Christian book, but what I would say is that it's the principles go beyond that because it's the idea of how we live in these cages of fear and fear, and we just allow that to cripple us. Instead of going out and living life to the fullest with reckless abandon, not allowing doubt or fear to keep us from achieving great things, dreaming bigger than we possibly thought was okay. You know, if you're, I I believe I'm paraphrasing, but it's basically like your dreams should make people laugh when you tell them they should be that big. And, you know, it sounds silly, but it's true because otherwise if you achieve it and it's not that profound, it's not that big, then maybe it will, maybe you weren't dreaming, dreaming big enough. Maybe you need to go to the next level. But these books, man, they opened up my eyes to a new way of thinking because I was just so stuck. I was so depressed. I, I wasn't diagnosed with depression, but I know I was because when I read about the symptoms of depression, it's exactly what I felt. I mean, I, I couldn't in the morning put my feet next to the bed. Like I just was struggling and I was miserable all the time. There wasn't anything that made me happy. And, um, uh, Reading these books really changed me, you know, apart from my my study of the Bible and things that I do for my own growth and maturity as a person uh, and as a Christian man, you know, these books really spoke to me beyond uh, anything I had experienced up to that point. And I do believe in divine intervention, and I believe that those books came at the right time. So that's what led me to the big announcement that I made. You know, I prayed, I considered, you know, what type of career could I have? And what I realized was that I wanted – there were things that were non-negotiable for what I wanted for my job. I wanted to be able to for myself because you know, I had been so – not only do I have a, an anti-establishment personality to begin with, but I wanted to be free to use my time the way that I saw fit. Um, I'm involved with my church. I'm involved with a number of things, and I felt if I could find a job that generated income, and that still allowed me to build my schedule, that that, would, that was something that I was really hoping my next job would have. And I knew that I might have to take a job in between that to make that reality, but I was okay with that. I was okay uh, with making that. And the other thing I had, this, you know, the radio skills for one, my acting, my, my skills, graphic design, whatever, the things that I do just have always done in my spare time and, and receive joy out of those things. How could I find something 
that would incorporate all those skills and talents into one. And, and it's not, you know, it's not always, you're not going to be able to find a perfect way to do that. But that was my goal. And uh, I had talked to a friend uh, about real estate and, you know, I never, if you had told me I was going to get into real estate, I would have laughed at you. I, I never, it was never on my radar. But as I looked at real estate and what it allows, or should I say what it affords, um, I saw an opportunity to not be held back by, you know, by lack of degree that I would essentially, I could make the money necessary to provide for my family and also to fund these other pursuits that I had. And you have to, you know, from my perspective, I was not a corporate guy. I mean, I was, I'm a, I'm a pretty, you know, beat be of my own drum type of guy. And, um, the fact that I had survived in the banking and pharmaceutical industry, are you kidding me? Those are like two industries that are the most white bread as they come. And I was able to make it through those industries for seven and a half years, you know, blowing my brains out. And it, <laughs> that's crazy. I was never suicidal, but I was, it was dark and pressing. Um, and, you know, so for me to find a new career, I had no tangible trade skills. I mean, if you ask my wife, I was supposed to uh, put up a curtain rod. One time when we had moved into our new place and uh, she said, hey, like, well, can you do this while I go out shopping or whatever? And I was like, yeah, of course, I'm a man. Uh, I can do anything with my hands, right? Uh, and uh, so I put my tool belt on. My wife always makes fun of me because I have to pick the right music for any task that I have. So I'm always like, oh, what can I listen to while I do this? And I proceeded to make a giant hole in the wall. Like the piece of the wall fell off when I was trying to put this curtain rod in. So. I had made my share of holes in walls, so I decided I can spackle this and paint it, and she won't even know the difference when I come when she comes home. So when she gets home, she asks, you know, why didn't you put the curtain rod up? And I had to sheepishly explain to her that I am completely inept when it comes to, um, you know, it comes to trade skills. Uh, when I met her, I was working on a construction site, so I really, really misled her in her thinking that I had the ability to do anything uh, with my hands, but unfortunately, I do not. Plus, I wasn't college educated, so what am I going to do? How am I going to go to work for myself? And real estate really it gave me a way out, I guess. A way to achieve what I wanted was uh, to be self-employed, and even though I didn't have a college degree and I had no trade skills, I didn't have a product that I could sell, but I could talk my way out of a problem. So I figured I, I would go into business for myself, and uh, I, I don't like selling I don't, I'm not a salesy guy. I never was. And I never will be. That's a commitment that I made from day one. And I always say like, I never, I don't trust anything. I don't have put my, my stock in anything, but i you know what? I'll put my trust in myself and I know what I can do and I'll put my stock and I'll sell you me. If you trust me and believe in me, then you're going to get what you pay for. So that, that was my goal. And that's what real estate really afforded me. So I decided to make the leap and People were shocked when I said I'm going full time. They're like, whoa, what do you mean you're going full time? You can't just leave your job. You know, my, my parents, and I know they probably still are skeptical about me being successful in this business, but hey, I have not been as happy as I am and I haven't made much money, um, but the, the clouds parted. <laughs> you know, it was one of those uh, heavenly experiences where I felt like I had found my identity because I was not being hidden in a cubicle. I was not being hidden behind a suit and tie. I was me. And the, and even though in the real estate industry, and one of the reasons this podcast is called Real Person, Real Need, that's been my slogan from, the day, from day one in real estate. I was never going to sell out, ever. 
I was never going to become the real estate agent that you think of when someone mentions real estate agents. I don't even like to call myself that. And that's where I get go back to Ryan Fletcher. You can check him out. He's like, de-link, disassociate yourself from the real estate industry because it's a negative reputation industry. And I give him a lot of credit because he's one of the lone voices out there saying that. And he really inspired me to start this podcast, to be honest with you. But, you know, real person, real needs. That's what I'm always going to be committed to is you're not going to get a salesman when you meet me. I might be wearing my leather jacket with my black leather jacket that has a black hood on it when we meet with a pin on it that says Paris, Mulan, Tokyo, New York, Lansdale, because that's my bread and butter. That's my coffee mug. As one friend that I have says, my mug game is on point, and I give her credit for that. I love when when people say that. Um, I also like my Hulk Hogan mug. Uh, that I've had since I was eight years old. I, and you may see pictures of that as you go. But you, you look at the podcast, that mug that I'm drinking from, that's my that's that's my bread and butter right there. You know, I'm I'm always going to be me. And I get a lot of grief from people in my industry. Uh, as you heard in the introduction, if you went back, go back and listen to the introduction for the podcast, it's six minutes long, it's not long at all. And you can hear about how I started to get desperate in my first year in real estate and started to feel the pressure to, to succumb to the temptation of doing things the way real estate salespeople do them. Cold calling, telemarketing, doing all the things that you think of when you think of real estate salesman slash used car salesman slash defense attorney, whatever, you know, those people that have those negative reputations. And, you know, for anybody who knows me, they know, well, this guy he walks to the beat of his own drum. You know, I speak my mind. I'm opinionated. I'm, but I'm also very dedicated. When I put my mind to something, I want to see it through to the end. And I never realized that I was entrepreneurial. I didn't think of it that way. I thought an entrepreneur is someone who starts businesses. That's how I thought of it. And I was like, well, I don't know how to start a business, so I'm not an entrepreneur. But as I realized what an entrepreneur is, I was like, man, that that sounds like me. Like I have that desire, that heart in me. So it was important for me to to be able to spread my wings, you know, to, for an old cliche, I'll use it just for now because it really describes what I went through well, I think. So, you know, I dabbled in music. I still do. I'm a part-time musician. I play and sing. You know, I've done theater. I still do that uh, as a hobby. Uh, and obviously, I've already talked about it. I've done radio. So I was like, how can I use these things in my business? So I decided to be unique and to, and to start making videos and, and now the podcast and, and writing my own content. And I was inspired to do that by by Fletcher, you know, uh, Defeat Mega Agents, a great book. Check it out. Um, just creating content. That's what people want. They want to know who you are. They want authenticity. They don't want you to be a cookie cutter of every other person. They like you because of you. They don't like you because of what you do or they shouldn't. If, if, if you have friends because of the, the line of work that you do, those people aren't going to be your friends because what happens when you lose that job? You know, I, I, I don't have friends like that. You know, they, they like me. They don't care. They don't ask me about my job. Like, what do you do? Like, maybe if they're curious and they're in the business or they're in the market or something like that. But we don't talk about real estate when we talk. We talk about real things. And that's what I hope this podcast can be. You know, I was uh, – I truly believed once I got into real estate, I was like, man, this this could be the, the catalyst for something amazing, you know. Um and I announced a new mission and vision in the introduction. That's what inspired the podcast here. And I really believe that God put me on this earth to make a difference in the lives of the people that I meet. You know, whether that's using my creative skills, my performing arts skills to entertain them, encourage them, comfort them in times of hurting, whatever it is. I want to be that person. I want to be a real person 
that meets real needs. And I know that it's it's a catchy slogan and stuff, but it's truth. A slogan is important and it works when it's true. If it was – if I was saying, you know, oh, I'm going to be the number one salesman. That was my slogan or something like that. Like that's not true because how could you – how can you set out to be that person? It doesn't make sense. But you know what? I know that I can be a real person when you meet me. I'm not going to be phony and fake. And I know that my what drives me is finding out people's real needs, not their wants, not their not their dream house. Talk, what what do they really need? You know. And and with Desiato Homes, which is my business, um, the the mission and vision is committing to the home, not houses, not selling and buying houses. Anybody can do that. There's hundreds of thousands of real estate agents out there to do that. But how many people are committed to creating homes, right? I mean, you know, coming from a broken home myself, as I said, uh, it's very tempting to just lump people together. But everybody is unique. Everybody has a unique story. Everybody has a unique need. But you can't find out about those needs until – you get to know the person and they trust you and they can't trust you until you're real with them, right? Until you're transparent with them. And that's the whole purpose and drive behind the business. And if your business is being run and you're not being real and you're not caring about people's real needs, just what you're trying to sell them, then you're going to fail. You might not fail uh, statistically or financially, but I think you'll fail emotionally, uh, psychologically. I think you'll fail in meeting people where they are. I didn't leave uh, my steady paycheck so that I could get a bigger, fatter one. There's a lot of people that work in real estate, and their goal is to have limitless income. Like, I can make as much money as I want. It's amazing. That's great. I didn't, I don't, I didn't care about that. That wasn't my reason for leaving. I'm like, if I make the exact same that I did at my cubicle job in real estate, I will be happy because I'll be doing something that I care about and doing something that helps people and, I'll, and doing it the way that I want to because it's my business. Most people probably thought I was nuts. You know, I actually left the steady paycheck to reclaim my sanity. You know, that's that's the dichotomy. The whole thing. people probably thought I was nuts from the outside looking in. Oh, you're leaving your are you nuts? Why would you do that? For me, I was already going nuts, and by leaving my steady paycheck, I reclaimed my sanity. Right? It seems crazy, right? It was what was important to me was that I gained my life back, that I reclaimed my identity. That I wasn't just a peon among peons. That I was who God had made me to be. My unique personality would be allowed to shine through. That I would wake up in the morning with a reason to smile again. Not because I didn't have one before, but because there was this dark cloud blocking the good that was already in my life. I wasn't able to see past it. It had gotten to a point where it, it had overwhelmed me and swept over me so that I could not even enjoy the things that were good in my life anymore. And if you're out there and you feel that way, if you're in the middle of something and you can't even enjoy the good in your life, it's time to re it's time to to make a change. And I'm not talking about, you know, just make a change that makes no sense. It's time to look inward. It's time to look upward, if I can say that, and 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 cry out to God and say, "Okay, what am I on this earth to do? Is it really just, you know, 70 years and we're dead? Is it really just I, you know, Eat, drink, and be merry. Is there something more important for me to do while I'm on this earth? Find out. Don't waste another day. Find out why you're on this earth because everyone is on this earth for a reason. 
And if I can say anything to, to, to anybody that's listening out there, if you just happen to cross it, I'll say this. I'll say, if you can't be a real person at your job and you're not allowed to meet people's real needs, then you need to get out of that job. Because that's not a job that allows you to use your skills that are God-given and use the ability that you have naturally. And you can't be yourself. You need to be the corporate goon or you need to be the company man. And I don't know about you, but that's not something that I ever want to be again. Now, I left that job to do something important, to make a difference, a difference I could visibly see. You know, I couldn't see what I was, how I was affecting anything. It was just a bottom line somewhere. And I wasn't even getting the, the financial benefits of that. So what was the point? And I wanted to tangibly experience things, you know, like, okay, so I did documentation in a, for clinical trials. I didn't know if those drugs were helping people or hurting people. So what's the point? I wanted to be able to look in people's eyes and see the, the smile and see the, the warmth return face when something that they had thought was only a dream becomes a reality. Right? I mean, God fanned that what was dwindled to a flicker back to a flame when I took that step out of that corporate job. He really did. So I've been going long and I'm going to wrap it up. This is just the first of hopefully many episodes, you know, talking about why I walked away from a steady paycheck. But let me just say this, ladies, gentle hombres, forget what you thought you knew about the stereotypical real estate agent. I'm Jeff Desiato and I'm out to astound the world with death-defying feats of real estate machismo. Real. Putting the real back in real estate. More importantly, I'm determined to help people create and restore homes so that they can have a life that is not scarred by their own failures, their own misfortunes, their own missteps. But they're marked. Their lives are marked by the realization of their dreams. Most people think I'm crazy for doing what I'm doing, but my answer to them is, yeah, crazy like a fox. (laughs) So anyway, thanks for listening to the Real Person, Real Needs podcast. It's been a blast, a little nerve-wracking, but as you can see and as you can hear, once I get going, you cannot shut me up. So hopefully you tune in again, and uh, I'm looking forward to continuing on this journey with those that are listening. So send me an email, jeff at realpersonrealneeds.com, and it's jeff with a G, G-E-O-F-F, at realpersonrealneeds.com. Love to hear from you. Uh, give me a review on iTunes. Uh, you can comment on my website, realpersonrealneeds.com, and uh, would love for you to check out everything that I'm doing. And hopefully, as you get to know more and more about what I'm doing, you'll want to join in too. Until next time, thanks for listening and Godspeed. Godspeed.